Hello and welcome to the Research Connections podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting edge research and connects it with users in the community. I'm Jackie Kirk and I'm the Chair of Leadership and Educational Administration in the Faculty of Education at Brandon University and co-host of the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And you are? I'm Michelle Lamb. <laughs> I am the director of BU CARES. CARES is the Center for Aboriginal and Rural Education Studies. My name is Daryl McCauley. I am one of the pastors on staff at McDermott Drive Alliance Church. been a pastor for the last 26 years. I've kind of done leadership on a lot of the nonprofit world. Did some training about 10 years ago in an organization called Arrow Leadership, which is all, the organization is primarily about self-leadership and one of their taglines they like to say is because the, the hardest leadership assignment is leading yourself. And so they really look at the self-leadership stuff. So that was uh, pretty life-changing for, for me as I began to learn what it meant to lead myself. So um, out of that, then did some, some other graduate studies uh, at Wheaton Graduate School. And yeah, it's me. Yeah. I'm Alicia Farrell, and I'm an assistant professor in the Faculty of Education at Brandon University. And I work in the Department of leadership and admin, as well as the Department of Curriculum and Pedagogy. And I am consumed with the affective dimensions of educational leadership and what leading does to leaders. And that is the title of your new book, The Affective Mm -hmm. Dimensions of Leadership, is that right? Yes, and so I explore it through psychoanalytic theory and arts-based methods. So Mm -hmm. it's, that book is filled with um, plays and poems and little stories or episodes that sort of speak to some of the concepts in the book. Let's get started. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. If there are in this sort of space where you're bringing people together, you fundamentally disagree, how will you in that situation move forward? When it's some of the things that uh, sometimes gets in our way is this idea of like, narcissistic vulnerability like that's how relational analysts kind of speak about it so we get into a disagreement with someone we feel compelled to make a choice a decision it's not going our way and we get mired in the frustration um, because if they if that person would only do the thing that I'm asking them to do then I know because of my expertise my authority my experience or whatever whatever the words are that we would use it's it's going to make this situation better and I think when we get in that headspace, and I think we can all fall prey to narcissistic vulnerability, it becomes really hard to acknowledge what a decision is going to cost somebody else. So one of the things I think can be a space of freedom in a really uh, intense conflict is this idea of like acknowledging loss for people whether it's real loss or anticipated loss mm-hmm. in, the, in the future. So sometimes formal leaders have to make a choice. They're compelled to make a choice. In schools, it's codified. You know, school principals often use the buck stops with me language, right? And it does in, um, uh, in the Ed Admin Act, right? So sometimes they have to make a choice, and that choice is going to result in some pinches for probably multiple people in the organization. But instead of using the language of, well, I had to make the decision and away we go. I think there's a moment of, of goodwill that can be developed with people when you say, like, I understand how this is going to Im- impact mm-hmm. you, right? You're not going to teach that course that makes you 
get to school early in the morning because I can't run this course this year because we're in a small school, we don't have the resources to do it, you know, on and on and on, et cetera. So to, to really acknowledge what people uh, might be losing as a result of the decision that you've made, a leadership choice that you've made, I think that can help sometimes, mm -hmm. not always. But I think we move too quickly over that piece for people. And it can be not necessarily a quote-unquote real loss, but it might be even a perceived loss. But unless you acknowledge that with people, I think that causes people to, to dig down harder when they're um, in a serious conflict um, with somebody else. Yeah. So giving them the space to grieve what they've lost and responding empathetically. Yeah, and isn't it so true? Often, you know, people hearing that you actually acknowledge their loss, that you actually recognize that that this didn't go the way they would have wanted it to can sometimes be enough for people. Mm -hmm. um, because I think everybody knows at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. I know Michelle and I were talking, <laughs> and I don't know if it's Steve Jobs' quote, if I you want to be liked, sell ice cream. And <laughs> But it's it's true. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you leaders are placed with, you know, decisions, and you, everybody's going for the, the triple win, but not always does it work out that well. Mm -hmm. I do remember I went to a... a conference. This was years ago, and it was on conflict um, in leadership. And one of the statements that I've used so many times that the, the leader said was that if there's ever two people that never disagree, one of them isn't necessary. And out of that came sort of the positive side of it. Like whenever I'm having a disagreement with, with anybody, I know that we're working towards a greater end. Like as long as our goals are, are kind of aligned, you know, we're heading in a similar direction. We're not going to agree with everything, but but um, some of the greatest opportunities for a better outcome is to have a disagreement along the way so that you can refine the, the decision-making. So, yeah. Well, conflict does tell you what people are passionate about, right? Yeah. And so often we get into mm -hmm. uh, an encounter with someone, it gets heated, and we start to trade positions back and forth. But if you crawl underneath those positions to find out what people's concerns are, what their fears are, what keeps them up at night, then you start to learn what is really, really important to people. Mm -hmm. And that is revealed, I think, frequently in, in situations where we've got conflict brewing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And as a leader, if you can tune into that, uh, I think that's actually pretty fruitful in terms of people really putting out there the things that they value most about the work that you're trying to do together. Probably even as a leader, you're finding out what you value more. Like mm -hmm. in the conflict, you're realizing, okay, I'm actually, this is creating some emotion within me. Mm -hmm. And so not just, yeah, I, I, I've never thought of it that way and, and sort of even a, a, a mirror to myself as well mm -hmm. as to those that I'm leading with. Yeah, and I think about this idea of, I love that image that you just used about the mirror, the mirror of me, you know, the mirror of myself. That idea of self-analysis, I think, is critical mm -hmm. for um, leaders of any kind of organization. And yeah. so... What if in a conflict, we, when the things that someone else says across the table from us really pinch us, what if we leaned into that a little more instead of, mm -hmm. you know, pulled rank uh, as a way to <laughs> yeah. avoid it? And then also began to see our own weaknesses. So when we contributed something in an encounter that maybe, that maybe took us further away uh, yeah. to a shared, from, a, from a shared goal, what if we saw our weaknesses as a source of fascination? So if we do something, we acknowledge it didn't, it didn't go as well as it could have, and I think I was 
kind of self-indulgent, for example, in that moment. I wanted the win as opposed to, it wasn't about the, the student anymore, for example. Yeah. Um, if we can acknowledge those and become fascinated by our own weaknesses as leaders, I think that's also fruitful learning for ourselves and also when other people see that we're prepared to do it yeah. too, right? So yeah. my question is how? So in the middle of that kind of heated encounter, what are some really practical strategies people can use <laughs> to take themselves out of it enough to think through some of those deeper values or whatever they're wanting to get at? I think one of the things that um, I try to do in a conversation, mm-hmm. and there are no fairy tales in leadership work, so uh, as many times as I've tried to do this, I've experienced failure gloriously. And <laughs> so, um, but one of the things that sometimes opens up room to move together is this idea of validating the other person's experience, even if I vehemently disagree mm-hmm. with the action that they've mm-hmm. just, I've just observed or witnessed. Mm-hmm. So, for example, as a classroom teacher, I worked with a young man who pushed another young man into a locker and left a dent. So the other kid's head left a dent in the locker. I did not like that. <laughs> but my first, um, the first part of the conversation with him I worked really hard on validating an aspect of him that I really love, and that is he has what I might call high protective instincts. <laughs> and so he assumed that this other boy had done something to another dear person to him. Mm-hmm. And he pushed, his way of dealing with that was to push the other kid into the locker. So what I could validate in that moment is I could say, like, you are a person that moves about in this world caring deeply and trying to protect those you love the most. Mm -hmm. That is an admirable quality in a human being, Mm -hmm. right? And we talked for a long time in and around that. And once I felt that he got, that I really believed that, and I did, and Mm -hmm. I never will validate something, I'm faking it. But when he believed, I did know that about him, there was was an opening. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I could say, but let's talk about the choice of the shove. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, like, let's think about what else there could have been in that moment. And, you know, we could, we could talk about that a a little bit more. And then, you know, offering that challenge of, you know, what are you going to promise to do next time? Mm -hmm. And so in terms of a practical approach Mm -hmm. uh, in a conversation, that's one that I try to use. So Validate something that I truly admire in another person, even mm-hmm. if I don't like their behavior, which allows me to step into their universe where we can share a reality mm-hmm. together in that moment, and then start to unpack the choice that was made and challenge uh, somebody to maybe do something different, mm-hmm. and also be prepared to be challenged. Maybe not so much in that case, mm-hmm. but um, when you're working with other adults um, in in organizations allowing that space for them to challenge you about the choices you made too can also go a long way. It's such a big part, you know, even backing it up before that, you actually knew what you could say that would validate that person. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't an untruth. Like it wasn't like you were just making something up. Right. You actually knew them. And probably, you know, before I'm going to have a, a disagreement with somebody, it sure is helpful if I've got a relationship with them that I know who they are. I know their point of view. And to honor that, to to um, honor that, that there's going to be differences. I always try to, even in the disagreements, I always try and find a common thread of what we agree on Mm -hmm. and then build on that. And then I also want to gain kind of what was the, 
what was the truth in there? Like, even if I disagreed with like 99%, there's, there's going to be 1%. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes it's helpful for me. I, I, in fact, I was just uh, messaging back and forth with somebody who was disgruntled with my leadership. And so it initially started off as kind of a harsh conversation. And, and so then in that conversation, I was like, well, what are they really saying? And so then messaging back and forth and after actually several messages back and forth, we've moved forward. I actually kind of got a little bit, often when people come across as angry, they're, they may not, may not even know why they're angry, they may not know why they disagree, but boy, was you, if, as long as you're willing to have a conversation that sort of goes beyond just that conversation, it's amazing what you can solve when, you, when you, it doesn't all have to be solved in that moment. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank you for listening to the Research Connections podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode. And for more Research Connections content at www.brandonu.ca slash bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.